0: I know in order to get my friends involved and then having a good time, they're going to need that breakfast ball. They're going to need the mulligan, that they're going to need all that. And I just want them to have a good time.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Shane Cappens. We're coming off the PGA Championship, which was honestly one of my favorite majors to watch in recent history outside of Tiger Woods winning last year, of course. Before we get started, I want to talk about our sponsor, Maine. This pod's brought to you by our friends at Mizzen. Go to their website, check them out, Main.com. We've been plugging and talking about them quite a bit. We have a new code out there for you guys to uh, partake of, SHANK25. This gives you $25, any purchase over a hundred bucks. I promise you guys will not be disappointed. Their dress gear, their polos on the golf course, which you know phenomenal we have a special guest joining joe and i today robbie berger from brilliantly dumb is gonna be joining the podcast as a special co-host what's going on robbie i gotta tell you boys i'm happy to be here i really am robbie glad to
2: have you man this is uh this is my first time interacting with you but i'm i'm excited to have you i'm excited about your passion for golf This is gonna be a lot of fun
1: Joe, I appreciate you. I'm a big fan of everything you do. Actually, I've seen you. Be, I've seen you rock the mizzen before too. Actually, in some of your posts, for sure. You know what I like
0: is, and I'm not just saying this because they're an advertiser for you guys. Is the long sleeve mizzen main, even
1: for like the fall? Uh huh. Big fan of that. Absolutely. I mean, do they have great stuff? So we got Joe riding a Peloton right now as we're um, <laughs> recording this podcast. So excuse if he has any heavy breathing. No nope heavy breathing. We don't want to we're turn it. on the uh, listeners too much, but
2: <laughs> we're taking it easy, bro. Listen, I lost a bet, okay? And right now, I'm I'm just in grind mode, okay? I'm on daddy duty. One, uh, two. I I have got to get this podcast cranked out, but I also lost a bet to uh, Michael Morris from GN Golf, who bet me on the last hole, closest to the pin. I have to give up dessert, and if you know me, that's a huge loss for me. But I also have to work out for the next month. So we're going to fit it all in before the wife gets home, get everything done.
1: We're good. Well, it sounds shitty, but at the same time, I think after 30 days, you might be thanking Micah. I think your wife might be uh, thanking Micah because you're going to be looking like a million bucks, it sounds like. yeah.
2: Wife's going to be very happy. You know, I got to eat healthy, got to do things right. So I got to tell you, Joe,
1: gonna- if, if you
0: can maintain that pace throughout this conversation, I would be very impressed because you got a good pace going right now.
2: Well, we're going to crush it. Don't <laughs> you worry about me. We're <laughs> going to get it all
1: done. Okay. Well, we will get some frequent heart rate uh, updates from Joe over there on the bike. Uh, maybe we'll get a shirtless before and after picture posted on the average Joe golf uh, Instagram handle. As well. So We're going to jump right in things and go straight to the first tee. I want to talk all things PGA championship, but wow. Um, I know you guys tuned in and watched the event, but I, I would have to say it was probably one of the best majors I've watched in, in recent history. We had... I think over 10 players at one point that were within a stroke or two coming down the stretch in the last, you know, nine to 12 holes, which was just insane. It was anyone's tournament. And there's obviously a lot of fireworks that can happen on the back nine, including on number 16, uh, which there were, but, uh, you know, our boy Colin uh, ended up coming up out and winning the event It was his first major second one. He's ever played in the guy just won, uh, at Jack's place, just a few uh, weeks ago, he's absolutely on fire. He's only missed one cut in his entire career. Uh, it, dude, the guy is just insane. Twenty-three years old, you know, he joins the likes of Rory, Tiger, and Jack as uh, the only person at the age of twenty-three to win a PGA Championship. So, I think big things ahead uh, for Colin. Joe, uh, you had Justin Thomas. Uh, Coming off a victory last week is your pick, and, you know, he made the cut. He just fizzled and didn't quite bring his A game. He
2: had a hot front nine on Saturday, man. He did. I thought thought for a minute I was like, we're in this. We're coming back. We're (laughs) dialed in. It's going to be insane. But uh, congrats to Colin. Absolutely unbelievable. Dude, I saw a stat today. Okay, this is interesting to me. I saw a stat that Colin did a test in college. For on the on whatever that thing's called, TrackMan, track, okay. and on the TrackMan, and his six iron numbers for consistency were in line with most PGA Tour players' numbers for their pitching wedge. That's unbelievable to me.
0: And he's he's got a small frame too. It's not like he's
2: a huge guy either. It's it's unbelievable. This is one major of. I, this guy's getting to double digits i'm telling you right now
1: yeah i mean he has ice in his veins i guess so one of the takes we'll talk about a few of these players but one of the takes and i kind of got i got it from jason day's post-round interview which i'm a big jason day guy i was really rooting for him to win down the stretch and um, i'm actually going to his charity event next month and i was like man i'm gonna be freaking taking pictures with the wanna maker trophy like i'm already like envisioning this good time maybe drinking out of it or something and uh i mean the guy, you know. He made a clutch putt on 18. He was in two sand bunkers on 18, and still made a, a double sandy par. But he came up a few strokes short. But he made a comment on in the post round interview with Amanda Balionis was like, "Hey, listen, this major is just different. Some people, um, you know, perform differently under the pressure of playing in front of fans, and especially in San Francisco, they would have tens of thousands of fans present because it's a big golf area. California being a big golf state." Uh, You know, he made a really good point. And I I don't know. I mean, Colin's young. Um, I don't know if he performs any differently. He's had one victory prior to COVID with some fans, but it was at the Barracuda, uh, which is a lesser known event. But I don't know. I mean, the guy's right. I mean, you get people out there like the Brooks Kepkas, Dustin Johnsons, uh, even Tony Finau with a lot of experience, you know, playing in front of thousands of people they're used to that. You get these younger guys who came out firing the Cameron champs that was right there at the end. You get Colin who ended up winning, you know, is it different playing with, you know, two camera guys and a couple media people there that are just like giving you a, a slight golf clap or something after you drive the green on 16. I mean, it's like you'd have tremendous roars, right. And you'd, and you'd be hearing them because that close, that course is super tight. You know, you can hear the roars from four fairways over very easily. So I don't know. What's your guys' take on that? Do you think it played a big difference for some of these guys to go out there and play nerve free and not worry about all that bullshit? You know who, it, who looked like he was kind of rattled even without the
0: fans being there and I was pulling for the guy I really was? Was Ho Tong Lee. I think he came in, he came into that Saturday and it's like, all right, we could actually have something here, but he just didn't look that comfortable and he fizzled away kind of fast. Yeah. But I, I find it hard to believe it isn't what what they said isn't true. It's a totally different thing. You could just feel it.
1: Yeah, not for sure. I,
2: I got to tell you, man. I mean, I don't care if you're being followed by ten thousand people or you're being followed by zero people. Coming down the stretch for your first major, those nerves are there. Oh, they had
0: to be.
1: For sure. For sure. They had to be. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, listen, they know the significance of that event. But to, to your point, Robbie Lee, I got to meet him when I was in Abu Dhabi. The dude is amazing. He's like a class act guy. I was pulling for this yeah, guy. And, it, and, really it, it really was. was. And he's just so like genuine and just so over the top nice. Uh, you know, there's that cool photo that always surfaces of him and Phil together in china when he was a young boy oh yeah they showed they that to yeah, play yeah together later and shit and like he's just a cool dude and like everyone who i worked with at that event that was their favorite guy there like they were always just like oh hold on like we gotta go talk to him let's that's go interview awesome. him he didn't understand half the questions i asked him that's awesome <laughs> that is awesome but he was just like i'll answer how i can you know and he was just dude, you're just an awesome guy so I, I wanted him to win too i was actually texting my friends in dubai like oh dude what if our boy lee wins but you're right. I think he realized like Saturdays, like I'm fucking winning the PGA Championship right now. Like the amount of the world on my shoulders is huge. Like, what do I? You know, you could see that. So I agree with that for sure. I mean, I and I, I'd have to imagine there was a lot of other players that, you know, were playing much more calm, more collect, you know, collect just because there was no fans. You know, I, it's funny
0: too though what you say about Trav with uh, with Jason Day. I don't. Th- I think there was a whole lot of people. Not a whole lot of people don't like this guy. What, what could you not like about the guy? I love Jason
1: Day. I, I think it's just that you know he's had a lot of injuries, you know, and like I think yeah. that people who've generally been injury injury ridden, even Tiger. I mean, I have a friend that's a very close friend of mine who hates Tiger. Like he just hates him. He's a big Phil guy, but and so like that was part of it, right? But like he just, and I think he's seen some of the experiences of Tiger in the past being kind of a, an asshole to fans and stuff, which he was, you've heard it from a bunch of people. Um, but he hated him. And when Tiger would get hurt, he'd be like, Oh, here we go. Here's with the back injury. You know, whenever Tiger plays bad, here's an injury. And I, I heard that from a lot of people. And I think with Jason day, it was like constantly having like a back injury a w- wrist injury. He had uh, vertigo. I remember at the PGA or at the U uh, S like open Tambers Bay, yeah. where he was on the ground laying there and, You know, so I think it was just over and over. But he's never really done anything publicly that's been bad for his image or for his family or, you know, whatever. He's just a stand-up guy. Um, But you're right, he's had a little bit of a bad rap. And, you know, he has these glimpses of getting back to the top. He won the challenge over in in Asia this this last year against Tiger and a few of the other big-name players. Um, He just missed the President's Cup because of injury again. Even in, his, even in his
0: interviews, he just seems like a good guy,
1: too. He doesn't say a wrong thing. I don't understand the people that don't like him. No, he's a good dude. But, I mean, to talk about interviews, uh, Brooks Koepka finally kind of looked like a clown after his comments on Saturday. I mean, I, I think you have to appreciate his, you know, his demeanor and, like, his, his like, confidence and it's the swagger he brings because there's a lot of that missing in golf. But man, like to just completely disrespect the leaderboard like that, and your friend Dustin Johnson in an interview where like he literally didn't even smile. He didn't even like, so he didn't crack it off like as a joke or anything. He just flat out said, I don't know who the fuck any of these other guys are. They don't have any majors. I'm not worried about them. And I think Dustin only has like one major. So it's no big deal. Like I like where I'm at. Like I think that just, I mean, I think people were starting to kind of like Brooks a little more um, here recently. I think he's kind of, He's bagged on Bryson a lot. There's been a lot of banter back and forth and people like that. But I think he kind of just dug himself another hole. And then he goes out and just shits the bed completely on Sunday, shoots four over, and was never in contention. uh, was never even shown on TV and just walked off the course, you know, afterwards. And, you know, it was just – it is what it is. But it's like – it's just insane to me. You know, he finally – does not back up what he says. Cause like the last couple of years he's, he's backed up everything he said, really he's come out and won these majors. If he hasn't won, he's been in the top five. So interesting to see there, but I get, I guess the biggest topic that I want to talk about with Brooks is the stretching uh, that his personal trainer did with him on the course. Did you guys catch that picture? That, that went viral? Wild. That was wild. How could he do that and not think that that wasn't going to go viral? You I, mean, know I mean, it just looked, <laughs> i mean you see a couple angles of it but the one angle where like the flat out person looks like they're just giving him a bj or something right there on the course is right just,
0: uh, right there on i the mean
1: rock. it was just like dude what is going on here and like how do you not Bro, meme this you know
2: what what else is it is a trainer for if not to ease the tension you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> yeah yeah
1: sure sure looked like
0: that i'll tell you that much i was but like wait, man even- if you think back to the uh, to the Brooks thing, which is really wild too, you could tell that McElroy got fed up with it because McElroy usually just flies under the radar and doesn't really say much. He mm-hmm. got fed up, and I don't blame him. And he finally oh, said something. Yeah,
2: I respect it. I love. What I do Rory too. Said. I do too. I thought it was really great it. because you're right. Rory is a guy who is arguably the most respectful and respectable on the PGA tour. I mean, he is the definition of class, and 100%. everything about him just is, is encouraging. And I think he, I think he made the right move this week, you know, backing up what he did with DJ and stepping up to the plate and saying, Hey, you know, you can't throw shade at a guy who's
0: done what he's done. No doubt about it. And it's like he finally got fed up and felt the need to say something. And, and I'm glad is at this point with Kepka, it's almost at the point where it's kind of turning into a shtick and he's kind of playing off of it. So I think he feeds off it, so I'll give him that. You got to give him credit for for doing it, but it, it's kind of getting hard to take seriously time and time again.
1: I mean, if he just added a smile to what he said or a little yeah. chuckle, it makes it completely different. But that guy was just stone cold, yeah. like yeah, he meant every word, you know. And it was and like at,
0: at the same uh, time, too. It it does help the game of golf because it gets people going. And like Travis, you said it's kind of been missing that to, to an extent, you know what I mean? Like a villain type guy.
1: Yeah. That's that's a great point. I don't mind it. I mean, it's giving me a lot of content to use in terms of just because it's hard to find drama in golf. I think we can all relate to the stupid shot or the shank or, you know, whatever you do on the golf course as like a, an amateur golfer. But in terms of the professional level, you know, yeah, I've I've had like the smiley missing every cut possible under the sun, and I've had Patrick Reed just continuing to be an idiot and make mistakes over and over and over again. But outside of that, it's like having the Bryson Brooks feud, the Brooks hot takes, the Bryson dumb quotes, and you know, so these are they're good things for a meme page. So I mean, I appreciate it, but it's like I just think with Brooks, part of when you get to that level and when you reach that height, I think of of, of fame or or whatever in a sport you got to kind of look at it and say all right like I need to probably be more respectful to those and then also just the people who are like looking up to you and wanting to you know follow in your footsteps and stuff I to me it's just like some some douche comments that have come from him
2: I agree and I don't and here's why okay first of all as I sit here and get my Bryson on Right now, okay. After my eight
0: thousand calories that Bryson's I've taken, Bryson's not in. on a
1: Peloton, dude. He's eating steak and potatoes and benching four hundred pounds. I'll, t-
0: I'll tell you who is on a Peloton that you kind of look like in a way, Joe, and it's Rory a good McElroy, thing. I Absolutely, get it I, I, I mean, get it's like, time. come on, how can I not say that? How can I not <laughs> say that? i like Rory mcelroy right now.
2: I'll take it. You know, and there's I, nothing I love wrong him. with
0: that. There's nothing there's wrong nothing. with that.
2: But here's what I'm gonna say, okay. Who else was at the PGA Championship? I'm not sure why he was there, but he was there watching as a fan, Steph Curry. Okay? The guy's the guy's a genuinely nice guy. Also believed to be one of the cockier guys in the NBA and especially on the golf course. I love him to death and is I think he's an incredibly nice guy, but I also believe He's probably the best shooter in history of the NBA, and I believe he believes that. And I think as a professional athlete, you have to believe that about yourself if you're going to be the best. The only difference that I see, because Michael Jordan did it, Kobe did it, you know, everybody, everybody who is the greatest arguably in their sport stands up and says, I am the greatest. Brooks does that. The only thing that I think Brooks doesn't do well is know how to play a crap. He just doesn't give a crap. He's like, you know what? Screw all y'all. I am the best. Instead of being like, hey, I think I'm the best, and this is what it is. He's He just pisses people off. And that's the thing that's disappointing to your point of, like, not being able to grow the game, not being able to encourage the next generation of fans. And that's what I'd like to see more out of. I'm fine with him believing he's the best
0: though. I respect that. I respect
1: that 100%. I think it's just it's respecting your competition too. I mean, I know like MJ and those like he hated Isaiah Thomas and he was he was tough on, you know, his opponents and stuff, but like the comments he made this weekend were just flat out disrespectful. You know what I mean? Like he's clapped back I think really well at some of the stuff like Bryson and others have said, but like with Rory, Rory's clapped back now several times about Brooks, but he's done so honorably. To where, like, we all know, like, that was a really good bitch slap, but he's not going to be, like, scrutinized over it uh by the public or by us or whatever, you know. He's just – it was just a flat-out bitch slap for us all to see and hear and move on, you know. Yeah, and that's what yeah. was so shocking
0: to me about – it was like you wonder what the guys around golf think about it and him saying that, and you got to think that they talk about it. But the, the just surprising thing was Rory finally was like, all right, enough of this shit.
1: So going back to Colin, our, our champion, I mean, he chipped in – for birdie and then comes on goes on to 16 which was a drivable par four but tricky shot I mean you had to hit a really good you know cut shot into that green a lot of guys were playing less than driver Matt Wolf hit the the front of the green with uh, less than driver so did Finau Um, Bryson drove the green and just stayed up but Colin hits it to seven feet and then drains the birdie there was never a doubt the guy was not going to make that putt but that's what just put the the nail in the coffin, you had, you know, Paul Casey and a few people still lurking DJ right there to shoot 11, 12 under. So they all still were in it, but I mean, dude, was that shot on 16? I mean, to me, like one of the best shots in major history is tiger shipping in at the, at Augusta. Um, the best. Yeah. I mean, that has to be the best shot ever. Right. But is Collins like right up there? Number two, number three. I mean, I I don't know all like the best major shots in history. I'm not like a historian when it comes to the golf completely. But to me and like my knowledge of what I've seen in my life, that shot was just insane. I mean, the guy just with all the pressure that you have on you, that challenging of a shot, I mean, just, and I saw a lot of players come through, no one hit it, a better shot than he did. I mean, that was just insane. Does that, you know, it's amazing. In? We
0: see all these like iconic shots. Like you say, the tiger one and everything. I don't ever remember seeing someone with a driver when you think of iconic shots, I don't, I don't ever remember seeing that. So it's going to be cool when you see like the greatest moments, PJ greatest moments. very rarely
1: is it with the driver of somebody sticking it on usually the green a the driver or a chip or, you know, something yeah. Like yeah. 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 Which is wild. Oh, Joe, what's your take on that? I know you've seen a lot of majors in your time. I mean, like what, what did that shot mean to you? Like when you saw it, I mean, how has it stuck with you and where does it compare?
2: I gotta tell you, I mean, it's definitely up there. There's a lot of great shots in major history you got to take into consideration. Even some that have never been televised. Like you think back to the Gene Sarazen shot heard around the world where he double eagles 15 at the Masters, right? Mm. There are a lot of shots out there that rank up high. So I don't know if I'm ready to give him second best all time. You know, phenomenal shot under pressure going in to win your first PGA. But I think there's something to be said about the clout of those shots for those who have accomplished it. So many times mm-hmm. versus one time, of and course. and I'm willing to put it up there in top five category. Great shot, maybe top ten. There's a lot of good shots out there, but I think it's going to depend on what does he continue to go on and do. Right. Which, as I already said, I think will be a lot. But he's got it. He's still got to keep going. Right. That's that's where I think when you've done it so many times, that's when you rank. Into those high level categories, at yeah. least for me.
1: I hear you. Well, I mean, we got the FedEx Cup playoffs starting in a couple of weeks, um, a three event run. Uh, we got a, a gap in between them. I think they're playing the Wyndham next week. But I mean, we talked about it with John Rom. We talked about it with Kevin Nah and Pat Perez earlier when they were all in quarantine on this podcast. And they all said, you know, hey, when someone catches fire, they could win in bunches and really make a difference. And I, here we are with Colin, you know, winning at the memorial. Uh, almost winning colonial that's a great point don't have one that's a great point and when's the pga i mean are we gonna see someone go in and win maybe an event or two in the fedex cup playoffs and then we've got the u.s open around the corner and then augusta i mean we could see a guy just utterly dominate this year unlike anyone we've seen since the likes of tiger you know long time ago so it's it's really interesting to see i mean jt's won three events this year too so you can't take anything away from him i think he's gonna be right there in all these events but this guy's exciting man i i can't find anything to not like about him and i'm, I'm just excited to see him continue to tee it up
2: we're gonna see something special out of him and he very you're exactly right you know thinking through that he very well may be our next fedex cup champion
1: i mean we'll, we'll see it's gonna be tough to take him down especially if he plays well here these next couple of weeks So let's move on to our out of bounds segment. I wanted to have some, some fun with this. I've seen this kind of floating around on social media. Um, Robbie, you even posted something that I shared on my channel that I thought was hilarious and got tremendous interaction with, with, with my followers just because, you know, as an amateur golfer and you go play, whether it's once a month or you play once, you know, every Saturday morning or whatever, the topic of gimmies always comes up and whether or not, you know, you know, you do them or you don't and what's a gimme and what's not. So I wanted to bring up three things and I just want to talk about it amongst us three guys here. And it'd be fun to see the, the the reaction and some of the comments from followers as we, we launch this pod this week. But I want to talk about the breakfast ball. I want to talk about mulligans and I want to talk about give because those are three things that I feel are you know, big in, in the amateur side of things when you're going and playing with your buddies. But I this think is really, subject,
2: this is a subject, this is a subject Travis wait, what? is very passionate about. No, I mean, there's, you some, know what? I, there's some that I, I think I like a lot
1: of golfers are. are. There's some that I like <laughs> and there's some that I'm just totally against. But I'll say that these three things are very detrimental to the amateur hand, handicap. I mean, there's been so many uh, clubs that I've been members at where I play in these Saturday money leagues and you just, you know, you're playing with a bunch of close people that, you know, and you want to keep the friendship there and you want to just, you know, make it enjoyable. We all pay a lot of money to golf, whether it's buying the clothes, buying the clubs, paying the greens fee, you're getting away from the stresses of life, right? You're getting away from, you know, your job or your, your spouse or, you know, any stress that you have and you're just out in the wilderness, you're playing golf with your buddies, right? So, Do you want to stand over a three foot putt that you know you earned your way to get to and have to make it? Or do you want to hear that beautiful sound from your buddy that says, hey, that's good, pick it up, or whatever? Like, so there's a lot to talk about. But what I'm what I want to say is that when you just take the gimmies and they become so, you know, consistent to where you're used to it, and then you go play in that club championship or you know, the member guest or member member, whatever it is, and you got to make all those putts there's a lot of short putts that you now have to make and I guarantee you're going to miss a shitload of them. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely detrimental. So let's just start with the breakfast ball. So, you know, Robbie, you know, when you go play with your friends, I mean, do you guys go hit the range and get all warmed up and then you're just all business going to the first tee or do you guys all hit two off the first? You know
0: what, Travis, that's probably why I'll never get to the next level because it's always, if I'm going out there, I'm just trying to have a good time. And I know in order to get my friends involved and then having a good time, they're going to need that breakfast ball. They're going to (laughs) need, they're going to need the mulligan. that they're going to need all that. And I just want them to have a good time because then I'm having a good time. So yes, I'll give it, but I will say that I can only imagine is when you get into these money, money games, I mean, everything changes. I mean, that's got to, and I almost feel like you're committing to a change of the atmosphere. You're playing for these money games. I'm not going to be able to record a vlog on the Instagram account if we're playing for a money game because you know, it's heightened. Yeah. So the money games, I'm not going to lie, they scare the shit out of me. It's just a different atmosphere that I'm not ready for right now.
1: Well, if you're going to play a money game and you're going to institute breakfast balls, you just have to be very clear that what's allowed. You know what I mean? Like there's people True. who you don't, you don't outline it before to say, Hey everybody, do two off the first tee all is good you know take it you know if you don't take your first one you have to play your second one let me game. ask you this though so i take it you you do play in the money games i take
0: it right trev um it depends so
1: doing... yeah i mean like i have a crew i have a crew of friends where we'll bet and it could be end up hundreds of dollars uh it could even get to four figures so on the course and then i have a group we... where we don't bet what do the most arguments come from? Is it out of the
0: gimmies? I would assume because everything else is already established. Mollies and breakfast balls, all that good stuff.
1: No, I mean I think from a gimmies perspective, it's generally pretty clear. Like you can, it's up to you to give your competitor a gimme, and there's a there's some strategy involved in it, right? So the first five or six holes, I could be like, "Hey, Robbie, that's good. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up." And you're like, oh, dude, what a gentleman!
0: Now I got to return the favor too. At the same time, you got to return
1: died. the favor. It's kind of like you always hear that comment of, hey, remember, remember that though, okay, remember that though. And then, or and then when you it get gets to the to end, like, yeah, when it gets to the end, it's like game made no putts. <laughs> Joe looks at right. me and he's like, hey, man, is this good? Right? I'm like, uh, no, buddy, you got to make this shit. We're getting down to the end. This is the real deal here. And now you're like, right. oh, and then you get mad. You're like fuck that guy. He's been giving me putts all day long and now I got to make this and like, totally. yeah, you're screwed. So, and then you're in your head by the,
0: before you even hit the putt. there's so many things going on.
1: Yeah. So, so Joe, where are so you at on terms of breakfast ball? Where, where do you stand on two off the first?
0: Listen, here's I, this, my,
2: my mentality is very similar across the board. If I'm going out, Robbie, to have a good time with my friends, I'm not stressed. Right. Drop it where you lost it. Let's have fun. Let's have a good time. When it comes to the money game, I'm not talking to you. I'm not looking at you. I'm going home a winner, okay? <laughs> so, it's so a different atmosphere. It's clear cut for me, man, is like if I'm competing, I'm competing. If I'm right. having fun, I'm having fun. And if we're going out for a fun round, I don't expect you to go and post your score to your handicap. I don't Respect. expect. I okay. expect you to. I expect you to have a fun conversation. I expect you to, you know, hit balls and shots that you wouldn't want to try normally. Right. And it's more for the camaraderie. If we're going out and playing for real, that's when it's real. Right. And so, and you know, me, I, I do not go to the range. I won't touch it. Don't care. Just, it's not for me. I'd rather go in blind and not work hard at the range (laughs) then go and spend time grinding on my swing but i always go into i go in with the attitude i'm not getting a breakfast ball so i better hit it good Mm, and if i don't hit it good i better figure out how to get onto the green from wherever i spray that's that's what and if someone says hey we're doing breakfast balls i'm only taking it if somebody else takes it nobody else takes it not taking one
1: yeah respect yeah so listen, I, I, I'm like in the the same boat as you in terms of, uh, practice, like depending on where I'm playing, like I was in Doral all weekend and I wanted to hit at least for 20 minutes or so before I played. I mean, these were, these are big boy courses with crazy rough, a lot of water. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't do something stupid. The first couple holes where I was like, dude, if you hit the range, you probably wouldn't have done that or done that as bad. Right. So those things, those things always come back to haunt you, but I'm actually a big fan of the breakfast ball um, out of all of the th- the things that we're going to talk about, mainly because I don't give a shit. Like I'm not going to be a pro golfer ever. I don't care. I'm never going to be a scratch golfer. Uh, you know, I'm, I've been a, sing- I'm, I'm barely a single digit handicapper on the higher end though. And I've been down to a seven in my life and that's, that's best I'd ever be like, I, like I'm not going to go grind and go get lessons like crazy. And cause the time I have that's available to me now I want to play golf that I enjoy. So I'll use the story as an example. Like a lot of times my first shot off the tee, it, it, you know, isn't the best in terms of like distance or play, but I usually will find a fairway and like, it is what it is because you usually swing pretty easy, especially if you're not going to the range like Joe and I, but at the end of the day, like I'll, the story that I want to use is we flew all the way to Ireland, me and my few buddies. Okay. And we went and played Port Marnock was the first course we played, which was an awesome course. And we we play this thing called the Bodagets Cup and let's we, we call it bodagets because i call the when you get major chafage from walking miles and days in a row or whatever my Good friends word. and i always called it bodagets like Bow like bodagets so we just called it the bodagets cup we've got this amazing mini trophy and the, one of the first ones we did was in ireland so we we tee off in Port Marnock. and we've got one of my buddies was like doesn't want to do breakfast balls whatever. And he hits it into the fucking ocean, <laughs> you know? And then I hit it into this bunker and all the bunkers over there suck. They all suck. And so I'm just pissed because man, I, I'm in Ireland. I want to start this thing off. Good. No doubt it's about a it. Big deal to hit a second one. That's in the short grass to get me my par or bogey. So I can psychologically just enjoy the start of my round. I'm, paying thousands of dollars to be here let me just at least fucking enjoy it you know but everyone's like no no breakfast balls we're taking this seriously like you know and i ended up making like a seven i think on that hole and i was just fucking hot it, for the first four for five yeah and i'm like dude i should be enjoying ireland and this course and here i am now thinking like i'm already three over after one like you know and i'm pissed at my my buddies and stuff you know and it's just stupid. So I, I'm not saying my thoughts and you know everything went, that I went through that and that experience is the right way to look at it. But it was like, man, my de- my demeanor and me enjoying that day would have been significantly different if like we could all just agreed to hit two off the first and just be on with our day, you know. But
0: I'm down yeah, with that. Getting to that good start is everything. I mean, that that is like, look, I I'd rather have you could give me a good back nine, a good front nine, and a horrendous back nine. I'll take it. Yeah,
1: you know what's funny? I'm with
0: you, with you though. Give once. me
1: a good start. Just give me a good. start. I played with a guy once that, uh, no matter what what he shot, he'd give himself a par on the first hole, and I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, dude, like it's just psychological for me. So like, I just I just put down that par, like you know, I par on the first, and then I just go to the second and I play my. What game, a guy! My I'm guy, my like, guy. I'm like, all right, dude. I don't know about that, but. Dude, psychological you, for me
2: too i do it all 18 that's yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i shot wow. i shot, I shot you? 22 under the other day it was cool. oh, I,
0: need, I need that guy keeping
1: my score no shit so what about if we move on to mulligans so there's the common thing of people that are like hey let's do one mulligan around or hey let's do one mulligan per nine there was a lot of memes with trump signing a lot of his executive orders early on in his administration and there was a meme that i loved that just said like one mulligan per nine holes, you know, and it was now an executive order for all, you know, like there's people who live by that shit, you know? Oh, Hey, I didn't, or, or Hey, I didn't take my breakfast ball. So I'm taking my lunch ball or whatever, yeah. you know, you hear yeah. that all the I've time. I've heard that. I've heard it. Yep. I personally, I'll start this one out. I think all of that isn't good. I think, I think the mulligan thing is just not good. It's like, you hit a bad shot, just live with it. I think part of golf that makes it fun is that you, are now challenged with whatever situation you put yourself in. And I think some of the best shots I've ever hit in my time playing golf have been where I'm in the complete shit and I find a creative way to get out of it or even onto the green or something and make a number or or do something fun. You know, obviously it can be the complete opposite where you put up an extremely high number and it could derail your round. But that's kind of part of learning is you take your medicine, You limit your risks and limit the big number that you can put on the board. But I'm just completely against doing mulligans and against, uh, you know, lunch balls or like whatever you want, dinner balls, whatever you want to call it time of day. I just think to me, like I'm for sure against this. Um, You know, I've I've been part of rounds where people have said, hey, let's all reload. Like we all hit a shitty shot. Like, hey, let's just all reload when I'm in a, when I'm in a uh, state of mind where like we're just all having fun and no one cares we're not gambling, whatever it may be like yeah, I don't care let's just do it let's leave the course with a good good attitude kind of like Joe talked about earlier, but that's to key me, right Be no mulligans
2: that's key what you what you just said right there is is exactly right if we're having fun, you know it's the same kind of deal there, there's a couple instances. I had a buddy come in town this week and play golf with me. Uh, we played 60 holes this weekend. Ideal, Jesus. Jesus, a lot of fun. Um, he never played the course. I, one thing I'll say, I always try to be more generous than what someone is going to be with me. I, I want to leave feeling like they've similar to you, Robbie, they've had a great experience, and I don't want them to lose. If we're playing a match, I want to win, right? And so, so I'm always going to try to be more generous and make sure that I, I put in the work to, to accomplish what I want to accomplish in my round. My buddy comes in town this week. We play a course that neither of us have ever played before. We don't know it. He blasts the ball somewhere that we both thought was in a good spot. We never found it. Okay. That to me is like, you know what? Neither of us know the course. We're having fun. We're having that, that friendship, that camaraderie. Take a free drop, you know, which which I would put in line with, with a mulligan you know, reload, hit a second shot. You didn't hit a bad shot. You hit the shot you were trying to hit. We didn't know there was water there or we didn't know that it wasn't the right position. And and that's where I'll say like, if you're having fun, go for it. You know, right. go and have a good experience. Just like you, Travis, with, with talking about Ireland, I want you to have a great time in Ireland. You know, if we've flown all the way to Ireland, I want it to be an enjoyable experience. I want you to walk off the first tee and be like, I love that this is my first tee shot here. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so I'm I'm down with it. Again, there's a difference between going to Ireland or going out and playing with your buddy and going to your home club and playing somebody in a match. Yeah. And if we're playing in a match or we're playing a money game, your shot is your shot. You know, yeah. that that is what it is. And that's that's where I draw my lines. Yeah.
1: Oh, Robbie, I take you as a mulligan guy. You like that mulligan? Do you, have, do you have the extra ball in your pocket or what? Balls always in the extra pocket, no doubt about it. But
0: but my thing at the same time, too, is if you are a good player and you do play these games and you have yourself a, a handicap, d two and all that, don't be going with the two mulligans and then saying your handicap is so and so without considering those mulligans because mm-hmm. it never is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because then you're kind of. Then I don't want to hear about your handicap if that's the case. If you do want to be that high, you know, high mid seventies guys, you know, maybe scratch, and by all means, don't take the mulligan. But if we're out just having a good time, and you decide you want to take them, let it rip. I mean, you take them for sure. But the handicap thing, it's like take it easy because you're not really playing. Same thing with with strokes, even on the handicap too. With gimmies that I know we're getting into, it's just like. You know they're not gimmies. Back to my tweet, it was like some of these gimmies. You, you're thinking to yourself, that is not a gimmie by any means.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's a well thing is, is the handicap thing will always come back to bite people. Where when you do have to play someone and you give your handicap, it's going to come back to bite you if you're that kind of player. Because when you play for money or you play in an actual event, you can't take a breakfast ball. You can't play mulligans or reloads or you know all that shit. It's just it's out the window. And so like. At that point, it's like, okay, so you normally shoot, you know, high 70s or whatever you want to say, and then you shoot 88. You know, it's like, uh, that's not really you playing bad. It's just you playing to the rules. And I guess to Joe's point earlier, I think the biggest thing is a lot of players don't really play the rules. And since, you know, in Texas, at least, where Joe and I live, a lot of times when you go, there's, there's red stakes along the fairways for the most part. There's a lot of courses, though, around here that you can hit in the backyards and you got to tee and stuff. But, you know, there's a lot of people like, Hey, look, you hit that like 200 yards or 240, and you know, it went into that backyard or whatever, but go, just go drop it kind of where it went in. Let's keep the pace of play going. Let's not make it miserable while you're teeing off on a 450 yard par four, you know, hitting three, you know, like, so you do that kind of stuff and like it is what it is. And like your score can, could be adjusted by like four or five, six strokes, depending on, how many times that may happen, but you know, to but just what, flat out what say Joe, like, what, Mulligan, no. What Joe said
0: is true too though, is if you get the vibe where you know you guys are just having a good time, you want to look out for that guy. You want to make sure that he's having a good time. If you get that vibe, competitive thing, that, that's a whole, I mean, that's a whole different stratosphere. Yeah. It's a whole different so story. I'm, I'm going
2: to tell you all a story and I'm going to get in trouble for telling you this story. Um, maybe he won't listen to this week's podcast. Bryce Butler. One of my best friends on the planet, uh, a dude who is like a brother to me, and is very passionate about the game of golf, gave me a hard time. I think we're about to talk about gimmies. Gave me a hard time because in in Robbie, you don't know me that well. Travis, you know me pretty well. I'm putting is one of the stronger parts of my game. If it's inside of three feet, I'm going to make it ninety nine out of a hundred times. And um, I, you know, I if if I have a three footer. I usually just walk up if we're playing a friendly game, pick it up, move on, pace a play. So we're not playing for anything, you know? We're just having a good time, have a conversation. Bryce calls me out at Purcell Farms one time. You don't make your putts. Our matches would be a lot closer if you made all your putts. And I was like, are, are you sure you want to, like, push? He's like, we're playing a match. Next, next 18, we're playing a match. I want to play real PGA Tour rules. I gave him six strokes on hole four. I've sent him back to the tee box for the fourth time to re tee and he's losing by 16 shots. (laughs) <laughs> because, yeah. because he had no idea how like acts, how like. intense the rules actually can be. And this was early on when Bryce was, was first getting into golf. And, and, you know, he's a competitor, right? He's an NFL receiver. He's a competitor, and, and he wants to win at everything. And I commend him for that. I'm not giving him a hard time for this. It was early on. We have very good matches now. He's a great player. But a lot of people, I don't think, realize what – people who actually work in the industry are familiar with golf, how intense the rules of golf actually are and how it can quickly go downhill and lead to a bad time. If you're not playing for the fun and the camaraderie together,
1: that's, that's
2: my point. So
1: no, that's a good, that's a good story. And I, I, I'll go back to this Ireland trip, but there was a round and I feel bad about it. I feel bad about it thinking about my friend's experience, but we also laugh about it. But John, who you, you know, Joe, he, he played the round of his life. at I think it was called the Island club in Ireland and the guy was on fire. I mean, he couldn't miss anything. He was shooting like under par for most of the round. I think he ended up shooting like one over, um, which is great to go out to Ireland and and play like one of the rounds of your life. And me and my other friend, Steve, we were both were playing pretty good to start. I think I was, I was like even through three or four and I was kind of like getting this vibe. We're all walking. I love walking when I'm playing golf. Like I always play better. I'm more focused, usually hit the right clubs. Um, and I get into the, the marsh or whatever you want to call it. And I didn't take my medicine and I just got screwed. And I, I I took like two shots to get out. The second shot getting out was actually not that great. Ended up making a 10. We don't play the double bogey max or you know, whatever. in these, in these types of tournaments, we just, we play to the numbers. So if you shoot a 14, you're going to write down a 14. And so, and we play stroke, stroke play in these events. So I'm just getting pissed. I'm like in it. And then I'm completely out and something happened to my friend, Steve, a few holes later where he made a big number and he's pissed. So I don't say a fucking word the entire round to anybody. We're in Ireland. We're spending thousands of dollars having the time of our life playing great courses. And I don't even speak a word for like 14 holes. Steve doesn't speak a word for probably at least 12 holes to anybody. And John's, and John's playing the round of his life and can't even talk to anybody about that's it. That's rough. Oh, the poor I God. hate that.
2: I hate <laughs> that though. That's why, that's why I'm in support of fun, go hang with your friends rounds. Yeah. Right? That's Got That it. to me... Is Gotta exactly why, yeah, you know, matches. You don't need to have intense matches on bro strips like that because you want the memories. You don't. What's what's the fifteen bucks you win if you don't have a positive memory?
1: Hundred percent, not for sure. So, last but not least are the gimmies. So, I, I, I mean, it, it just depends. I mean, like to Joe's point, he, he is a great putter. I've played with him enough to know that. Um, you know, when you when you have three footers or four go. footers, five footers yeah, you're going to have some that you miss, but if you're playing for, you know, pride or you're playing for a match, even if it's friendly match, like you want to see those putts go in. Cause there's that one you can miss that could affect your tee shot on the next hole. Cause you're still thinking about that putt that lipped out or whatever. Right. But you know, there is a distance where it's like, dude, you're really going to make someone putt that. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's for sure two feet, you know, it could creep into that three ish range for some people, but you Know there's gimmies that are out there, man. That are like to your point, Robbie, like five feet. You know, I've seen gimmies that are more than that. We're like, you, you Saturday morning games with people are like, Oh, that's good, pick it up, no big deal. And it's like, That's good in whose book? Because, well, you,
0: like, you know, you know, like, what you're playing for
1: Joe. You say you're in if you're in specific, you know, a
0: certain amount of feet, it's just about 99 to 100. Out of 100, there are guys, the guys who are like mid-80s or like, you know, low 90s, like where I'll be, mid-80s, low 90s, I know damn well there's some three-foot putts that are by no means, no way. So like even them especially will say, you know, my handicap is this, but if you're actually finishing those, those guys, you can add on five more strokes at least for their handicap. Yeah it's the 70s guys or lowies that, that are just money, like, you know, like you guys probably are, where it's just about a guarantee. So well, that has to take into effect.
1: Well, I mean, the thing for, the thing that bothers me about it is this, is just like, you know, if you're just playing for sheer, like I think with Bryce's point, you know, and we'll definitely let Bryce know that he should listen to this podcast, Joe. But I think I he's going to – I'm going to say – I think with Bryce's point is like, okay, well, if if Joe's walking away saying, hey, I shoot X every round or this is where I'm at, you know, and in his head he's thinking, well, really add five to that or six to that because he's probably going to miss that many. Like psychologically it's toying with him, but the reality is is Joe might miss one of those. He might miss two of those. I think the the big unknown is how that miss affects you. Like, you know, Joe, you're pretty – and kill on the course like i don't think missing a putt's gonna make you drive it into the woods the next hole you know but there are some people that it might you know especially if you're playing for money but if you just i'm not what i'm players. not normal
2: though i mean i'm not i'm not your typical. Language.
1: by the way and i'll add to that joe i i need to
0: apologize because i in the beginning of the show thought there was no way you were going to keep that pace <laughs> you have kept that pace beat for beat Word after word. So I got to tell you, I'm very impressed from that regard. I really am. Appreciate that.
2: I, I, I'm interested. The computer screen is actually covering the Peloton screen right now. So I have no idea how far I've gone, what my heart rate is. Yeah, I mean, heard. look, you got to be. You gotta looking be forward doing, to it.
0: You got to be doing pretty well.
2: Yeah. I'll let you know at the end of the pod. Um, <laughs> very
1: inspirational. So, very but inspirational. I, I
2: appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Here's the thing with me. It's all the same storyline, right? For playing a match, you gotta make your putts. I gotta make my putts. For playing a match, even if you say it's good, I'm usually gonna walk up and tap it in for my own piece of mind.
1: But you make those like for me, like when someone tells me it's good and then I putt, those go in 99% of the time. Cause like all that pressure is just off of me. Totally. So if I do miss it, it's no big deal. But when it's like, hey, you got to put that out, then it's like, all right, I'm going to line this up. I got to focus on it, and then I'm going to push it. Absolutely it.
0: right. And, That's and a those, great
1: point. I'll make those more percentage than I will if
0: somebody says to me, you got to put it out, no doubt about it. Even if I'm doing the line, everything, because that, I just you let it fly.
1: Yeah. It's but
2: it gets to a point – I'm guilty of, yeah, that 15-foot or 7-foot or whatever is good because sometimes it gets to a point where if your guy's – Bladed it over the green twice. You know he's stuck in a bunker, chips it up to 20 feet. You know puts it by 12 feet. You got to stop the bleeding for him. At some totally. Time. Yeah. Because yeah. then it gets the then it gets to that time where that you're talking about Travis. Nobody wants to talk. Yeah. Nobody wants to have fun.
1: Yeah.
2: I try. I, That's again matches are different, but I try to be conscious of are the people I'm playing with enjoying themselves and will they want to play golf with me again. Yeah. And that's that's the most important thing to
1: me. No, I used to be someone that would throw a club. Um I've walked off a golf course before. Um
2: actually, I've I actually yeah. have
1: not talk to people because like I'm I've have I've been super competitive. I was you know I'm gonna sound like um Uncle Rico here for a second, but you know I was all state
2: throw football over Allstate the mountains
1: baseball, I played college ball like, I, I mean, I was competitive and I got into golf, n- not taking lessons. And I just got competitive and competitive at bet. And, you know, you play with people that you're generally at the same skill set. I always played with people who were, who were better than me. And it pushed me to try to get better and better and better. Um, but I just get pissed because I was like, I knew what I was capable of. Because you've had great holes or good nines or good rounds. And then you go out and just shit the bed. And you're like, just so pissed because you like, I'm someone who, when I go golf, I'm expecting to go play a really good round and I want to have fun. And then when you realize quickly that you're playing a shitty round and you're, you know, you're not having fun and the people around you are playing better, like, you know, I don't know, it would just get in my head. And I wasn't someone I think that was really fun to play with generally. And so I, I don't know, I had kind of an awakening moment and it wasn't something I did. It was someone I played with where they were just losing their fucking shit. And I was like, part of me was like laughing inside, but I was like, wow, if I look anything like this, you know, I'm like, I can see quickly how people would be like murmuring behind your back or like, Hey, let's not invite Travis next time or whatever. And so I, I mean, I don't know. So now I'm, this is what I do. I usually go quiet maybe for like a hole or maybe like a shot or two where I just, I need to reset. I need to, to, to breathe and think about stuff and get back on track because you know, I don't know what the quote says exactly, but someone said, usually a bad shot's followed by another bad shot, you know, and, yep. and that's just true because I just get pissed. You're not thinking about it. You know, you're lethargic in your, your emotions and stuff and you just, you make another mistake and then it compounds and then ultimately the incredible Hulk comes out and you just lose it. Right? So I, I mean, I want to have fun. It's all about having fun. And generally when you're having fun and you're relaxed, that's when you're going to shoot your best that's when you're going to you know, build memories with your buddies and, and for us that like, don't play on the tour and aren't competing for money. I mean, that's what ultimately the sport is, is it brings us together to have fun. And you know, so people just need to chill out and relax a little bit.
2: For sure. I have the same story. You know, when I got in the golf industry, I was coming out of playing competitive for many years and thinking I was way better than I was, you know, and I would, I was rage monster for sure. Wes Bryan actually pulled me aside and was like, yo, when we have our business meetings with these companies, we're going to stop inviting you to them, to the golf course, <laughs> because you make it not fun to be a part of what we're talking about, what we're doing. That stuck with me, changed very totally. quickly. And I've gone the complete opposite end of the spectrum. You know what? Yeah. Screw it. If I play bad, I play bad. At the end of the day, I'm still playing golf. Yeah. And that's what I try to be considerate of for the people I play with. So there, I get it. I'm with there's you.
0: guys, that uh, too, that miss out on really good times because they're just not the right fit. You got to make sure you get the right fit in the crew that that you're with. And there's some guys where you just don't feel like dealing with it that day, and they get bumped from what ends up being an awesome time or, or in some cases, even a trip, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, I look back at my Ireland trip and it was like, dude, that one whole round was wasted, um, and you know, you only get like five to six rounds if you head over there to go play. And it was like, you know, we laugh about it now because we all are close and we talk about that that experience. It was even more funny that John shot like one of the rounds of his life and he Hilarious. was playing alone, Love you know, but like, and he Love actually it. used that in the text to our group this weekend because John Rahm was playing awful on Thursday as was Sergio and Phil was playing pretty good. And, and John was like, hey, Phil's out there playing like himself, like I was over in Ireland, you know those two were just livid and you know sergio and john are very passionate and they show their colors on their their sleeve right so but yeah it's all about having fun but i guess it's to each his own I, I mean at the end of the day i'm not going to blame anyone for any of those things mulligans gimmies, or, or breakfast balls but it's it's just funny to get people's takes on it because everyone i play with i played with a couple strangers this weekend in florida as a single and everyone had different takes on it i mean it's just it is what it is and Ultimately, it's like just do you on the course. It is what it is. But if we're gonna compete, let's be consistent with what we want to see. You know.
0: Well, anytime you guys want to compete yet have a really good fucking time, we'll all get out there,
1: no? <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'm all in. We gotta get 100%. Was it Joey Coldcuts out there to come play too? And uh, yeah, there's the guy who will blow up like no other.
0: That he will. It, it's a whole different ballgame.
1: I, I just want to come out there and play around with you and have Joey Cold Cuts out there and then we stop do a little stop by at Chick-fil-A. I gotta get the whole, we'll do the whole. I gotta get the whole brilliantly dumb experience.
0: <laughs> Look, you guys come out anytime you know that we'll make that happen. No doubt about it. How was that bottle of wine that you had at
1: Snoop Dogg Wine? I mean, talk to me about that.
0: By the way, I was going to say I know it's not a very common play, but I did want to let you guys know, see if it was okay if I had a little Chardonnay going tonight. But Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I didn't. I didn't pop the Snoop the Snoop one yet.
1: Okay, I, I have, should. It's I've never day. seen anything like that. I didn't know Snoop had wine.
0: I had to buy it. I had to buy it. I mean, how can you walk by Snoop Dogg on a wine bottle and not buy it?
1: I mean, with you, I mean, I. I mean, it's the same thing. Like if I saw like. I mean, Snoop's just one of those guys. Where it's like, all right, like if I saw fifty cent on a bottle of wine, I'd probably have to buy that too. Like, I just like you have no, totally. what's, what's going on here? You know, so I'm very curious to get your take on that. Hopefully, you do like a full review of 100%. the Snoop. Was it is it Cab or what is it? It's a Cab. Okay.
2: Oh man, I'm in on that. I'm coming in. <laughs> I will. I may just I'll finish my that. workout and then we'll we'll go wine tasting. Yeah, I'm, go. I'm gonna
0: say I'm gonna save a couple snoop snoop bottles for you guys. So I don't know, a that bottle is-
1: of wine could be considered dessert. I don't know, Joe. What do you think?
2: <laughs> I, I get I get one dessert a week. So there you go. There it is. I love it. I love it.
1: All right. Well, man, this is a good this is a good time to have you on, Robbie. Appreciate it, dude. It's always hey, fun I- to see your content and what you're doing, man. I love it.
0: I appreciate you boys. And in all honesty, thank you what you guys do for the game. I think you guys are awesome. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that.
1: What's up with your pod? So real quick, so you launched a pod here previously, just right before we did. Um, and you've had some major guests on and I've loved following it along. So talk to us a little bit about what you're doing and what's to come here for you and your podcast.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's been fun, man. It's been a wild ride. We just had a um, podcast with steve Elf from Jackass, which is pretty funny. So he That's just awesome. came on um yeah man it's been a good little run we had the entourage crew on and um dude it's a fun thing to do you know we're able to get a lot more interviews um you know they might not have been able to with the old zoom and everything people have more time nowadays so we've kind of used it to our advantage
1: yeah so what's so i'm a big entourage guy i love it and i got to friend uh, adrian grenier a little bit and it all started through social media and um i got to meet him and we went to his 40th birthday party in Connecticut um, and party with him and some of his crew. And I'll just have to be honest, dude. I was a little like just taken back because he's not Vinny Chase. You know what I mean? He's like the furthest thing from Vinny Chase. And I was like, okay, like I was old enough to know that, you know, you know, when you meet your heroes, sometimes, you know, you're going to be disappointed or you meet like a movie star that you like, you're going to be kind of disappointed. I want to say I was disappointed because he's a good guy. And I think he, he stands for a lot of good things, but he's not Vinny Chase at all. There's
0: two guys who are not anything like their character. And that's Jeremy Piven, Azari Gold, and Adrian Grenier. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them, Connolly, Kevin Dillon, Johnny Drama, Jeff are identical.
1: Yeah.
0: I absolutely would not, you know, I've golfed with Connolly and everything like I it's amazing and they're just really good friends and they they bust each other's balls like you wouldn't believe and That's what made the show so great. But and I think they'll be they'll tell you too Those were the two guys that were not really true to character. They did a great job But not what those other guys were.
1: Yeah, no, it's interesting. How was Doug Allen? I saw he was on there part of it, too
0: Awesome. He's a great guy. Yeah. 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 He's a really good guy smart man,
1: too awesome well, listen, you guys, if you're not following uh, Robbie, follow his Instagram hand, handle, Brilliantly Dumb. And then also just check out his podcast. He's had some amazing guests on. It's always a good time listening to the shit that you pull up and just like this, st- everything kind of relates to what you do in your life and, you just make it super comical, dude. So I love everything. Hey, you I appreciate lot. you, boys. Joe, pleasure to meet you, my man. Only guy hey, I've ever probably- seen being able to pump out that Peloton all that shit. Oh, shit. I guess if you we ever it. had McElroy as a true guest and not the yeah. Doppelganger, <laughs> he'd probably be riding the Peloton, too. So, <laughs> listen. Dude, but for real, got- thank you. go ahead.
2: We got, we got 20 miles pumped out in 60 minutes, so we're yep. rocking and rolling.
1: Holy yeah, shit. For real. Well, thank right.
0: you for everything you guys do. You guys are awesome.
1: Awesome. Thank you, man. You as well, Robbie. Thank shower. you. Take care. Take care. Boy.
0: I'm out. I'm out.